Welcome to everybody. Send love your way as we kick off this new series, No Limits. And I've titled today's message, Feel the Nets. Feel the Nets. I'm just curious at all of our locations, would you just participate for a moment? And how many of you love fishing? You enjoy going fishing. Okay, we've got some fishermen and some fisherwomen. Okay, how about this question? How many of you, when you were growing up, you went fishing quite a bit as a kid? I mean, of you, yeah, we got quite a few went, a few of you went fishing. And I, I, I grew up going fishing. I, I actually love fishing. I don't, I don't fish as much now with just time restraints, but I, I, I time constraints on, on, on my time, but, but I actually love fishing. I, I love going out in the water and throwing out the, the line and catching fish. And, and matter of fact, when I was growing up, we went fishing quite a bit as a family, and I actually have a, a picture when I was fishing back in the day. Check, check me out here back in, back in high school. Come on, somebody. Check out them green sweatpants. That's me. Oh, yeah, that is me in them green sweatpants and that shirt and them boots. Come on, somebody. Reeling in the fish at the bank on the, of the pond, somebody. But that was me back in the day. And, and now I, I, I love fishing, and my kids love to fish. They just enjoy fishing. And, and matter of fact, we went up north last year to spend some time with Tiffany's family, and, and they were out fishing with some of their cousins. And, and one of my sons, my, he's now eight, he was seven at the time, Case, he caught a fish. And I want you to check out my son fishing and catching him some fish. Check out this little video. Hold that rod tip up, bud. Yeah, get it up high. You can get it. I think he has a big one. Hold that right tape high. Don't make hey, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah he's got oh, oh, hey. oh. Oh. Get it in. Get it in. Get it in. Get it in. It's a keeper. It's a keeper. Set it down. Uh, we got a walleye. Oh, yeah, but it's an eater. It's an eater. It's an eater. He's chewing on the leech right now. All right, buddy. He's eating the leech right now. Okay. Uh, you notice it took five of them to catch that fish. You see that? It was like, ha! Ah, get the net! Grab it around! But they got their fish here, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> fishing, fishing. And the interesting thing when you read the Bible is that there's a lot about fishing in the Bible. Matter of fact, when you, when you get into the New Testament, Jesus talks about fishing quite a bit. He tells stories about fishing. He talks to fishermen. And it's just got kind of stories about, in the Bible about fishing. And, and, and on one occasion, uh, there was a story in the Bible about fishing. And, and on this occasion, the, the disciples had been fishing all night. And they hadn't caught anything after fishing all night. And then Jesus shows up and he tells the disciples to, to throw their nets out into the deep. And, and, of course, you know, Simon Peter is thinking, Jesus, listen. I'm a fisherman. I'm a professional fisherman. And, and listen, I know how to catch fish. We've been trying all night. I mean, you know, Simon's kind of thinking Jesus is crazy. Listen, Jesus, I know how to fish. I know how to catch fish. There's no fish out there right now that are, that are biting. And Jesus said, listen, what I want you to do is throw your net out into the deep. 
and Peter actually obeys Jesus. He throws his net out into the deep, and they catch so many fish that their nets were about to break. But what I want you to grasp is that the purpose of this story had nothing to do with bass fishing, crappie fishing. It had nothing to do with walleye fishing or deep sea fishing. You see, what Jesus oftentimes did is he would talk about fishing. He would tell a parable. He would tell a story. He would focus people on fishing so that he could drive home a spiritual truth. And so Jesus is focusing on fishing to drive home a spiritual truth. And I want us to look at this spiritual truth today. And you can see it in this story that we're going to be looking at in Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to be, be hanging out today and teaching from, Luke chapter 5. And in verse 10, Jesus gives us the, the spiritual truth about this whole fishing adventure. It says, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. I want you to notice that partners were we're going to come back to that word in just a little bit. It's an important word for our teaching today. Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. You see, Jesus talked about fishing to drive home this spiritual truth, and that is Christians are called to fish for people. If you are a Christ follower, there is a calling. You have been commissioned by God. You have been called by God to fish for people. You say, well, why? Well, because God doesn't want anyone to spend eternity away from his presence. And so he uses us, his people, his body to fish for people, to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And what I want to do for a few moments today is I want to give you three spiritual truths from fishing. We're going to look at this story in Luke chapter 5. And I want to point out three spiritual truths truths from fishing. Jesus told this story. He, 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 he had the disciples catch these fish to drive home a spiritual truth. Here's one of the truths I want us to glean today, and that is God wants us to go to the deep. He wants us to go to the deep. Notice this in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 3. It says, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon speaking of Jesus, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he had said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Go into deep waters and let your net down for a catch. And God has called us to go into deep waters and to let down our nets to reach as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's talk about deep waters for a moment. You see, the deeper you go into the water, the darker it is. And what God has called us to do, God has called us to reach people in dark places. You see, there is no limits to God's love. There is no one outside of God's reach. And I know you got two or three people that come to mind right now that you go, I don't know about that. But God wants to reach them. 
They're not outside of his reach. There is no limits to his love. And what we have to understand is that God wants everybody saved. Matter of fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, that's what God's word says. God wants everyone saved. He wants everyone to come to repentance. And there are a lot of people in Oklahoma City. There are a lot of people in Indianapolis who need to experience hope in Christ. In Oklahoma City, there are in the metro area. In the buckle of the Bible belt, there are around 421,000 unchurched people in the metro area. In Indianapolis, there are around 611,000 people in the Indianapolis metro area who are unchurched, who are far from God. You see, here's our dilemma, here's our issue, is we get focused on who's already here. And you get focused on who's already here. Well, it's a big church and look, a lot of churches. And you get focused on who's already here. But, but God is not focused on who's already here. Can I tell you the thing that consumes God's heart is who's not here yet. Matter of fact, you'll notice in the Bible that there's a parable that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15, and you can read it in your own time. Luke chapter 15, verse number 4, that Jesus tells a story, and he says, there were a hundred sheep, and one went away. One got lost. It says, listen, the shepherd didn't say, you know what, I'm cool, it's great, let's just, we got 99, we're good. No, no, the Bible says, the shepherd says, there's a lost sheep out there. And so the shepherd left the 99, he went into the open country, he went until he found that one lost sheep. And Jesus tells that parable to describe the heart of God, and that is this, God is not impressed by people who are already here. He's grateful that we're saved, he's grateful that we, we know him, but the thing that moves the heart of God is the lost sheep who still needs to be reached. God's not impressed with who's already here. He's moved by who's not here yet. And he says, you got to keep throwing out nets. you got to keep reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's why we, we're doing Easterland, a second year in a row, April 15th and 16th. We'll have Easterland. It's, it's a... It's a great day at all of our campuses, and it's an outreach to our city. That's why we do it. It's to compel people who don't know God, who don't know Christ, to come through our doors and to sense and feel the love of God, to have an opportunity to hear a clear gospel presentation, to give their life to Jesus Christ, and we'll have inflatables and some carnival rides and all kinds of food and activities and Easter egg hunt and giving away thousands of pieces of candy free to the city. I mean, and we'll have, last year we had over 12,000 people on our campuses, and so many people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and you say, Pastor, why would we do that? Because we're not just focused on who's already here. We're focused on who's not here yet and how can we reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. How can we throw out a big net to reach people? And this, the season we're entering in now, this is going to be the most evangelistic season in the history of People's Church. This is going to be the most evangelistic season in the history of People's Church. For those of you that are maybe new and don't know the story of People's Church, we are entering in this year, in this spring, we're going to be celebrating 15 years as a church, our anniversary, 15 years. 15 years ago this spring, People's Church began, if you're not familiar, 
I know in Indianapolis you won't know what I'm talking about, but we began this church in an area called the Quell Springs Mall in the AMC Theaters 15 years ago on Mother's Day. I cannot believe People's Church is 15 years old. I mean, I'm 30 now. We, I, I started this church when I was 15. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that. I, I, it really yeah, it blows my mind that I've been here 15 years pastoring this church. I, and I, and I, am, I am 41, not 30, praise the Lord. But I can't not believe it. And so as we begin this, this, this huge moment, this huge season, as we celebrate 15 years, it's a big milestone in our church. We're going to go hard after reaching people. And so right after Easter, the next Sunday, we're beginning a series called Back to the Movies. And we're going to take you back to our roots to our beginning of how we began, and, and I, I love, I've, I've got pastor friends all across this city. I'm kingdom-minded. I'm not about our church. I'm about the church, and so i got great friends I hang out with in this city, and one of my good friends is Craig Rochelle over at Life Church, and they do a series called At the Movies, and we're taking that, and we're putting a spin on it, and come on, we're going to do it PC style. Come on, somebody, know what I'm talking about. we got a way to do some people's church style, and, and so we're going to take some movies, and I'm going to be taking some popular movies and, and then talking about spiritual truths out of those movies. We're going to transform our campuses into movie theaters. There'll be popcorn and soda and get you a Coca-Cola, a Diet Coke. Invite your friends to come. I mean, we're going to have in the kids area, we're going to have kid flicks going on. Come on, all the parents and grandparents know what I'm talking about. There are kid movies that they drag you to that they got to go watch. You see what I'm saying? And we're going to show those in the kids area. Then we're going to give out movie bucks because we're going to teach our kids how to be evangelists, how to fish for people. And every time you bring a friend, to church, you get some extra movie bucks. And, and, and then they get to take those movie bucks and we're going to have a, 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 an area prize table out all of our lobbies where they can win big prizes or small prizes depending on how many movie bucks they got. Chuck E. Cheese don't have nothing on us. Come on, somebody. And they can cash their movie bucks in and, and, and win some prizes. Why? Because we're going to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Seven weeks of evangelism and outreach to cast out a net. To reach people. Pastor, you're just a little crazy. No, I'm not. The thing that moves the heart of God is who's not here yet. And we're going to do our part to reach people who are far from God. We're going into deep waters to reach people. Number two is this. I want us to look at a second spiritual truth from fishing. Number two is this. God wants, us to, God wants to do greater things through you, through me. He wants to do greater things. Notice this in Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Now, remember the context. The disciples were sick of fishing. They fished all night and hadn't caught anything. Sometimes, you know, you can get sick of fishing. But, but, but they listened to Jesus in his heart. He said, drop the nets into the deep. And they followed Jesus, obeyed Jesus. They dropped the nets into the deep waters, and they caught so many fish that he began to break their nets. And listen, people's church, hear my heart. I have a deep sense in my heart. It's been 15 wonderful years. But I have a deep sense in my heart that our best days are not, they are not behind us. They are in front of us. And I have a deep sense in my heart that God wants to give us such a harvest of souls that he begins 
to break our nets. We have to expand our ministries. We have to expand our leadership. We have to expand our staff. We have to launch new locations and, and campuses to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. There are so many hurting, so many lost, so many broken and confused people in Oklahoma City, in the metro area, in Indianapolis where we have a campus. And I'm convinced, I believe with all of my heart, that God wants to do greater things through our church. And he wants to do greater things through you to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to do today because some of you don't believe that God wants to use you. And I want to, I want to raise your faith today. I want to raise your level of expectation today. God wants to use you. And I, today, I want you to believe it. God wants to use you. And that's why I thank God for our dream team. It's dream team Sunday. We're honoring our dream team. And, and our dream team, what I love about them is they, they, they have faith that God wants to use them. And they come to church. And the reason you serve every week, those of you that are serving every week and on our dream team, is you believe God wants to use you. You believe in making a difference, and you got a net, and, and, and maybe today you, you got just a little faith. And Come on, this is a net. It'll catch a fish, but a real small one. Come on, somebody. This. And here's my hope, my prayer. Some of you, you know, maybe you're even serving right now, and you don't realize God really wants to use you. And my, my prayer today is that God will speak to you and let you really realize there's greater things he wants to do through you and that you'll get a bigger net and say, God, you want to use me in a greater way. You want to use me to reach people. I'm, I'm going to work. Because some of you, you don't even have a net. It's like you're going to work every day. You're going to school every day. You're in your neighborhood. You're, you're with your family that don't know God, and you don't ever think about inviting them. You don't ever think about sharing your faith and sharing your story, and you got to pick up your net and say, God wants to use me. He's got me in my workplace. He's got me in this environment to share my faith, to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. you got to get a net. Come on, I'm praying some of you drop these nets and get you a bigger net and say, God wants to use me to reach more people. He's created me to reach more people. He's created me to share and show the love of God. Come on, somebody. I, I, don't, I believe you got to. Come on. you got to get you a real net, somebody, and say, I'm going fit. God's called me. He's created me. Come on. We're going to go fishing and reach some people. God, listen, you got to believe this. God wants to use you. You got to elevate your faith. You got to raise your faith. Some of you hadn't wanted anybody to Christ in years. You haven't invited anybody to church in years. And God says, I want to use you to make a difference and to reach people. Here's what Jesus said in John 14 and verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. What? Hold up. Greater things than Jesus? He says, yeah, 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 listen, listen. Here's my plan. Here's my purpose for you. You'll believe in me and you'll do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. God wants to do greater things through us. You have to believe it. God wants to use you. Let me tell you something about your pastor. Man, I got big net faith. I've got big net faith. We're going to reach people who are far from God in deep waters. Matter of fact, that's why on Easter weekend, I'm going to preach six times. We're adding services at all of our campuses. You say, Why? Because we're throwing out a net to reach people. You say, Pastor, you're crazy preaching six times. You're not going to have no voice. Well, come, hold up. Come on, somebody. The Lord will help me. Give me some cough drops and some tea and some honey. I'll be all right. 
We're going to reach more people with the good news. I've, I've got big net faith. God wants to use us, church, to reach people. He is not so consumed with who's already here. The thing that consumes our Heavenly Father is who's not here yet. Say, Pastor, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help reach people? Let me just give you a, a few practical ways. Number one is create room on Easter by attending the services that, that we talked about in the video, and then you're in your bulletin. You say, what's a bulletin, Pastor? It's that, it's that paper that we gave you when you walked in, and you threw it away. You sat on it. You put your gum in it. This is the read, church. Read this. And when you read this bulletin, it talks about it tells you the services that are not prime time that we're asking you to attend because there will be, we're going to have a packed house. And if you will attend an, a service that is not as popular, it will free up seats with unchurched people come at the most popular hours. And we know those hours. We have history and data to support those hours. If you will free up seats for them and the kids area for them and Easterland for them, it'll help us reach more people. Here's another way you can help. If you will begin, some of you, I'm asking you, would you pray about and think about and really consider attending the 9 a.m. service? Attending the 9 a.m. service. If you will really consider that, uh, man, we're going to start Easter and, and on, on many Sundays this, this service is, is it's our most crowded and there'll be time there'll be 1,000, 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 folks in this room, not counting all around the campus and we just need to free up seats, and you'll help us by doing that. And it may come Easter and then back to the movies. This will be the most popular attended service time, and you'll help us by attending that 9 a.m. It'll really help us. Invite and bring people. Would you really invite people? When you leave out a service today at the doors, they're going to hang you some invite cards. Some of you have never really utilized those invite cards. It's going to have Easter land and promotion. Would you actually take those and invite a neighbor a coworker, a friend, a family member? Would you, would you bring somebody with you Easter weekend? Invite people. Here, here's, here's the last way you can help. Would you pray? I really believe in the power of prayer. Here, here's some things I want you to pray for between now and Easter. Would you every day to commit to pray for this, would you pray for at least three friends and family members? Just their name. Just, just commit to three. Just say, you know, out of my friends and family, give me three people. I know they don't know Jesus. I'm going to pray for them every day that they come to Christ between now and Easter. And then when I invite them, their heart would be soft. Would you, would you pray for them? Would you pray for lost people to come to Christ? Pray for all of our campuses and churches all around the world on Easter that lost people would come to know Christ Easter weekend? Would you pray for Easter services and back to the movie services? Would you, would you pray for this season of outreach, this most evangelistic season we've ever had as a church? Would you pray, pray, pray as people are inviting? And it's going to get real to some of you. When you actually invite a loved one, a friend, a family member, and you show up, you see service totally different when you finally get somebody here. I'm telling you, when you get somebody here, it's like, please, pastor, what are you preaching on? What are you singing? What y'all... I'm going to be here every Sunday to preach. I want, I want to make it a, 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 an environment that you know, predictable. Get them here. And we're going to present Jesus to them in a compelling way. Pray, 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 pray. Number three is this. There's a, there's a, 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 a third spiritual truth that I want us to glean from this story about fishing. Number three is this. God partners with us. God partners with us. 
in Luke chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, so they signaled their partners. Come on, all of our campuses, everybody say partners. We need to catch that. Their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. They had multi-site fishing going on. See, they were meeting in multiple locations. Praise the Lord. Got multiple boats, multiple churches. Praise the Lord. And, and so they got both boats full. Praise God. And they got both boats so full, they began to sink. The disciples were able to catch a lot of fish because they had partners helping them. And we can reach more people if we partner together. You see, what God wants, God wants us to partner with him and with each other to reach more people. You see, the interesting thing is God doesn't need any of us. If we die, he'll keep his plan going on. But what I do want you to know is that God's plan and God's purpose, even though he doesn't need any of us, God said, here's my plan in the earth. I am going to partner with people. I have chosen people that I'm going to work through to accomplish my kingdom purposes. Friends, can I tell you that we're God's plan A, we're God's plan B, and we're his plan C. God uses us. He works through us to reach people. He partners with us, and we partner with each other, and he uses us to reach more people. And friends, the only way people's church is able to reach thousands of people in five locations every single week it's because we have so many partners, we call them dream team, that serve faithfully week in and week out. That is the only way we, we are able to reach, equip, disciple, see people know God is because of our dream team. And I just want to take a moment on Dream Team Sunday and thank every single one of you that serve in a ministry every single week. Most of you, every week, thank you for serving. We cannot see. This is not, I'm not trying to just, just oversell this. This is so true. We cannot see all the lives changed without you partnering with God and with your church family. Thank you. Thank you to our parking lot team that every single week, whether rain, snow, hot, or cold, you're out there making a difference. I can tell you I've talked to so many people who came to our church for the first time nervous and scared and intimidated, and they pulled onto our campus, and they saw you smiling and waving. It softened their heart. We hear stories, and they say, man, I saw them out there. I felt warmed. I felt welcomed. I was put at ease right when I pulled onto the campus. You are making a difference. Thank you to all of our greeters and our ushers and our hospitality teams. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There was, a, there was a family that recently attended one of our campuses, and they said that they said, we got our hands shaken nine times before we ever made it to our seats. People's church that right there. That's what I'm talking about. Nine times they felt, we will shake your hand off at people's church. That's what we're about is loving people. That's why I'm in the hallway every week trying to set the tone and shake as many hands as possible, loving on people to create an environment where people feel welcomed and cared for and loved. Thank you for creating that environment. I want to say thank you to our kids, dream teamers, our youth dream teamers that serve our next generation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 64% of Christians say that they came to Christ before the age of 18. 
In other words, two out of every three Christians say, I came to know Jesus before the age of 18. Can I tell you something? You don't think you're making a difference rocking that baby that's spitting up? You don't think you're making a difference teaching the kids the curriculum? Some of you are just going, stop it. Be quiet. Stop listening. But you're making a difference. That was me back in the day going to church. You know what I mean? Stop it. Herbert Jr. pinching me. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. You're making a difference. You don't think you're making a difference with those students, those teenagers, investing in them, being faithful to show up consistently in their lives? Can I tell you, you're making a bigger difference than you realize. Thank you for being on our dream team. Thank you to all of our small group leaders. You're helping people grow in God. You're helping people build relationships. You're helping to provide an atmosphere for people to be cared for. Can I tell you, people need to be known. They need, they need their name known. That's what we do. That's what small groups is about, is you're being known. People know you by name. They can care for you. They can invest in you. Can I tell you the best care that happens at this church? You want to be really cared for? Get in a small group. Get in a small group. That's where you can be cared for best in our church. You say, no, I want a pastor to come by. Well, we'll send somebody by that you don't know, and we will pray for you. Praise the Lord. But it's not the best way. It's not, that's not the best way. The Bible says God's job, my job, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and the body, ministering to the body, people that you know, you got relationships with, caring for you, meeting with you, caring for you in your deepest time of need. That's what the body is all about. And our small group leaders, they're raising up leaders. Life change happens best in our small groups. Thank you for serving. Thank you to our worship, our production, our technology, our prayer teams. Thank you that every week you provide a Jesus-centered, Holy Spirit-moving, excellent services where people can come and connect with God. You're helping to lead people into God's presence. And I say thank you. Man, it happens because of them. I don't know how they got these lights on me, but it's working. Praise the Lord. And cameras and multiple locations and switches and scriptures coming up. And that video, I didn't make that. I don't have anything magic to make that video come up. If somebody back there in that back room didn't make that video come up, you wouldn't have got to see that thing. Thank you. Thank you. So many people serving. So many people giving up their time. So many dream teamers. It takes to see more change lives. Thank you to our lawn mowing crew who keeps the grass cut and volunteers your time to do it. Thank you to our landscaping team that help put flowers in. Thank you to our facility teams and our care teams that keep the building clean and care for people. Thank you for our administration, administration teams. You don't see all these people behind the scenes, entering in data, stuffing seat back pockets, cleaning bathrooms and, and mowing the grass. You don't see it, but they're making a huge, huge difference. Thank you. And today we want to honor you. We have a dream team room. It's at our first step room. If you say, Pastor, I've been here. I don't know where the first step room is. That means you've never been to first step. We're coming after you. Praise the Lord. We're coming after you. But we're glad that you're serving. You're a part of our dream. Would you go there today? We have a little token, a little gift for each of you today. There's donuts and, and pastries and juice and there's vision in there. And we just want you to go and be honored. The Bible says give honor where honor is due. And today we want to honor you because we cannot do what we do without you. Thank you for serving and making a difference. Come on, one more time. Would you give it up for our dream team? Come on, give it up, 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 give it up. Thank you. Thank you. You're heroes. You're MVPs. You make it happen. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you. And if you've been thinking about joining the dream team, 
I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to jump on the team. Jump on the team. Here's what I want you to really understand is you were created to serve. That's why so many people serve faithfully every week because they're living out God's plan for their life. You were made to serve. You were created to make a difference in the lives of other people. Friends, can I tell you, the most miserable people on the planet are self-centered, selfish, self-focused people. Can I tell you, as your pastor, the thing that helps me out the most is I have to think about you all the time. You see, some people think, you know, the pastor, his family, that we're on cloud nine, walking with Jesus, don't have very many problems. Oh, no, me and Tiffany argue. We don't always get along. Sometimes I'm mad at her. I get mad at my children. I get frustrated. (laughs) But you know what snaps me out of it, what gets me out of a pity party? Is I got to get up and preach to you the next Sunday. And I got to get my heart right. I got to study. I got to have my, be prepared to minister to you. So I'm always thinking about you. I'm always trying to serve you and help you and deliver God's word to you and thinking about your needs. And I get, I get, a, I get a list every week of all the needs going on in our church, and I'm praying over them. I, you know, every Friday I get that list of all the new needs, all the new hospital, all the new issues, all, and I'm praying. And I think about you, and I got to think about messages to minister to you. And, and so it snaps me out of my selfishness because if I just thought about Herbert Cooper, what a miserable life I'm going to live. There's nothing like serving others. There's nothing like living a life focused on on others. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom, freedom in Christ to serve one another in love. God says we shouldn't use our freedom to be thinking about ourselves and self-focused and selfish and self-centered, but instead serve each other. We're created to serve. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created to do good works. You will never live a fulfilled life just thinking and living for yourself. He created you to do good works. You were created to serve others. Ephesians 4 verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. We partner with God. We partner, partner with each other as the body. And, and we all do our part. And God has a special work for you here at People's Church. God wants to use you to change lives. It goes on to say it helps the other parts grow. And we all do our part so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And God wants to use you to reach people. Here's what I would say to all of our church family. Let's go fishing. Let's reach more people. If you're not on the dream team, would you join today? What a perfect season as we get ready to enter the most evangelistic season in our church. That you can help your church see more changed lives as we throw out the net to reach people.